Welcome back to End is the Future, a podcast that brings together great minds to address the opportunities and challenges of making businesses both sustainable and profitable. I am Ilham Kadri, and I'm delighted to be your host today. If you are as passionate about sustainable business as I am, let's explore how End is the Future together. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with Trenton Merrill, one of the world's top Paralympic track and field athletes. Trenton has broken the American record for long jump, not just once, but three times. So at Solvay, we are so thrilled to be part of his journey. We are thrilled to sponsor Trenton and two other athletes as part of our Solvay for Sports initiative. He has such an incredible story of strength and resilience, and I can't wait to hear more about it on this podcast. Trenton, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, and I think we're going to have some fun today. Absolutely, Trenton. So I know that everyone will want to hear more about your amazing achievements, athletic achievements. But first, Trenton, I always enjoy finding out what motivates people. And I was wondering if you could tell us about your upbringing and what first sparks your interest in sports growing up. Yes, I grew up in Southern California in Orange County in mm-hmm. a city named San Juan Capistrano. And I believe that what first brought my interest to sports was when my dad taught me how to play baseball, basketball, ride bicycles at a very, very early age. Um, Like my earliest memories were playing sports. And not too long ago, I remember my mom telling me the story that uh, like one day she she came out and told us like, hey, guys, like dinner's ready. You guys need to come in, stop playing basketball. And my dad said he tried to get me to come in but he said um every time if i was losing he's like i i refused to go in until i won and so he said unless i was winning he would have to let me uh like beat him in the point scale for me to be comfortable coming in so i think there oh, wow. was this uh, either innate competitiveness <laughs> yeah. that was just driven and drawn to sports but those are my earliest memories and and i think influenced a lot of the success that i had today yeah. So winning the and, and competitive was in your DNA. Was your father an athlete as well? Or he, he likes sports, right? Yes, yes. Both my mom and dad grew up playing sports, but not on a professional level. Mm-hmm. Um, but both were naturally good at playing sports. Yeah. Then um, something happened that changed everything, right? And when you were involved in that accident, I know you faced many challenges, but you didn't let go your dreams um, to be a professional at least. And now you are the American record holder. This must have been an incredible journey, um, Trenton. What, what, what was it like for you? And what made you stay so focused and determined through it all? Can you tell us more about this? Yes. So when I was 14 years old, my best friend and I, we both were racing motocross at the time. And then this one day, um, we had a little dirt bike where we had um, typically taken that as a mode of transportation, like from my house to his house and his house to mine, just like a iron school, a skateboard, a scooter. And this one day we're going to his house and we get to the street where we cross to go up to his house. We look both ways and we don't see any cars coming. 
So we start crossing and right when we cross the road, that's when we get hit by a car. Wow. The girl that was driving the BMW was 16 years old. So you can imagine she was just shocked. Her world got rocked too. Um, And then my friend, my best friend, he was 13, I was 14. And so I woke up on the side of the road and um, the ambulance came and I I remember seeing my friend, his face was all bloody. Uh, His lungs were punctured, broke his back. So he took the first uh, ambulance. I took the second. We're in the hospital together. He was in there for a few weeks and then was released uh, as an outpatient. I was there for about a month and a half where they had determined that my foot was no longer salvageable Mm -hmm. and they were going to have to amputate it because at this point I was getting no circulation to my toes and infection was going to start rising on my leg. And so I remember thinking in the hospital um, this whole time, though, like I I was under the understanding that I was going to get a cast and Mm -hmm. it was just it was my first broken foot. So I didn't know this the severity of it. And I just thought these doctors can handle it. They see it Mm -hmm. all the time. So this one day the doctor comes in and he says, hey, Trent, can I perform a a test on your foot? And I said, yeah, no problem. So he says, I'm going to take this pencil right here and I'm going to drag mm-hmm. it on the bottom of your foot. And I want you to tell me if you can feel it. And I was like, okay. And so mm-hmm. he did it. And he said, did you feel anything? I said, no. And he said, Trent, I didn't use a pencil. I used a scalpel, which is like a knife. Mm-hmm. And so his face all of a sudden looked concerned. And he looked at my mom and he said, hey, Denise, can I talk to you outside real quick? Takes my mom outside. And now I'm like in the room by myself. And I look outside the little rectangle window of the hospital. I see mm-hmm. him crying. Uh-huh. And that's when I realized that my mm-hmm. I wasn't going to stay my foot, that my mm-hmm. foot was going to have to be amputated. So I started crying and I thought my dreams are gone. And mm-hmm. as I'm crying, my friend's mom, she came in, she started praying over me. When she was praying over me, all of a sudden I felt this overwhelming peace. And I remember hearing God speak to me and saying, I got great plans for you. And I remember wow. having this conversation with God, like, I got nothing right now. Like my whole world is upside down. I'm only 14 years old. Yeah. But I had this overwhelming feeling that, you know what? Like I, I need something to trust and have hope. Yeah. And so if, if you say so, God, then I believe you. So the doctor came back in. He said, what do you want to do? I said, let's go ahead and, and amputate it. Fast forward now, um, four years later, I'm, I graduate from high school and I go to this running clinic where I'm introduced to the world of Paralympics. I get invited down to the Olympic Training Center and where I live now. And I, I'm i walking, I park my car, and I hear God speak to me. Same thing. This is four years later now. I got great plans for you. I'm like, whoa, that's weird. I go down to the track and I see all these Olympians and Paralympians training. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> my dreams of being a professional athlete are still possible. <laughs> And so then it was like a fire ignited in me. I put in my headphones that night. I was doing stadiums. It was like my Rocky Balboa. I was like shadow boxing and stuff. I was joshing, yelling. I was telling them, you're the champ. Take it here. And now I live here. So it's been really cool. Wow. I think you are already giving us in the first probably, you know, whatever, seven minutes uh, since we started a lesson of uh, determination, perseverance, resilience, and new hopes. Um, And speaking of challenges, I love one thing that you said recently, the challenges and struggles you face in life have the potential to bring you to new heights, right? Introduce you to new people and increase your impacts for others. It's such a 
a positive, a great way of putting it. And and at, you were fourteen, right? And just four years after, you are you you are grad you graduate and you move on with your dreams and turning that something difficult into something so positive. It's it's so overwhelming and beautiful and moving, frankly. So thank you, Trent, and for sharing that um, that story. Can you? Can you expand how did you see it working in your life later? I mean, what was your first competition like for you? I think it was in Rio, right? Because not only did you make the, te the team, but you also broke the American record. How did that feel? So going to Rio, it was a feeling of um, excitement, uh, thankfulness, um, overwhelming joy because there was all this hard work and then years of like failure um mm -hmm. i first like started training and finding out about track and field in around 2009 and mm -hmm. I, my first nationals that i tried out at was 2010 my first paralympic team was 2016 and so it was years of progressing but not making a team and not hitting standards and not yeah. on the national team and So when I had gone out to Rio for my Paralympic debut, I placed fourth in the world and I broke the American record twice. And then in the meet, I, I knew that it was a good jump. And I, yeah. I feel, <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. feel like when you've done something better than you have in the past. So for me, I was I, like, you can see in the video, like if you go on YouTube, I'm like, yes, I yeah. knew it was a good jump. I go back and I talk to my coach. I'm like, all right, let's keep going. And I did it again. I'm like, oh, let's go. And so <laughs> I I was very, very proud of myself. Um, I was thankful for the opportunity uh, like to, to represent my country and the opportunity to compete amongst the best in the world. And um, for me, I was, it was like the fire was uh, ignited. Like, this is my time. Like, let's go. Like, this is, this is just the beginning. So. Um, I knew that I still had a lot of work to do to get on the podium and continue to move up in the ranks. And, but I, in the moment I was just ecstatic, you know, I was like, <laughs> I did what I wanted to do. I performed better than I ever have at the world stage. And that's one of the hardest things to do is to go out there yeah. and, and do your best. Wow. Wow. Um, I often say to our people at Solve Trenton that businesses can learn a lot from athletes like you. And I often tell our Solve teams that we need to have an athletic mentality, J just what you just said, right? And train the muscles because you said, you know, that there were a lot of failures and finally successes through training and prepare to win. So tell us a bit your secrets what's your training regime look like do you look for your what you eat how often do you train i looked at i'm not a tiktok generation but i did <laughs> and i was amazed by you know all the things you share with your followers and what do you think business people can learn from you about your mindset practices your discipline your routine well i think that business minded people can learn a lot from me and then you'll also see a lot of similarities of mm -hmm. the very successful companies or businessmen and women um alongside the very successful athletes because they have this mind that's yeah. a growth mindset yeah. and they're constantly focused on how can i get at least you know one percent better today and i think the similarities probably would be 
they set goals that are realistic, but also challenging goals, whether it's um, for today, um, a month, a quarter, uh, one year, five year, 10 year, they kind of have this stuff mapped out. Like they know where yeah. they want to go and then they, yeah. they work backwards to the now. Is that through transcend? Sorry to interrupt. That you keep a journal and you ensure that you write down your goals. Yes. Did I read it well? Yeah. <laughs> Show here, it to me. <laughs> here's my tracking uh, right here. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, so, what do you write inside? Tell me. Oh, I can't tell you all my secrets. <laughs> I want to know no, your secrets. I, okay. No, no, no. I. <laughs> so for me, I think it's important, like as an athlete, and then even yeah. even any businessman or woman, is to um, write out like three things you're grateful for what are three things that you're thankful for every single day because if you start with that mindset then you already are in a positive mindset to learn more if you start the day negative then you're limiting how much you can grow in one day and so that's that's one thing that i i try to do every single day is write at least three things that i'm thankful for and i try to make them different so that way it's not the same thing um the next is, what is my focus today? If I could get better at least one thing at practice, um, even if I have the day off, what, how can I get 1% better? And so I write that down because what happens is you go about your day, maybe especially like in um, like it, whether you're in office or wherever, you get all these texts, phone calls, emails, um, all these things kind of pulling you away of potentially what actually is going to help you progress that day. So. Yeah. Having it written down uh, reminds your subconscious mind, hey, this is what I need to do today. And then also, if you get distracted, you can just look back at your journal. Okay, I need to do this. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things. Wow. And there's two more um, that I think are very crucial, at least like main things, is you write down, um, how did I get better today? <laughs> so at the end of the day, how did I get better today? And so that's reinforcing the positive growth mindset. And that's going to, yeah help build your confidence, especially if you're first starting off, then you get to see like, you know, even if you had a really, really bad day, you could, you could still, if you think hard enough and you have the right mindset, you could think of a few things, how you actually got better. Even if it's like you had a bad day, but you know what, you took the time to talk to somebody about it. You yeah. took the time to change your perspective and then you, you learn from it. Yeah. And so I write down, how did I get better? And then the next one is how could I improve tomorrow? Or how could I improve the next time? So then you're thinking, like, how can I continue to elevate my game each and every day? Wow. Elevate the game. It's amazing. What's a recipe for success? I love it. This is invaluable. It's gold. Thank you for sharing. Thank yeah, you for welcome. sharing. And it resonates with me, with us. I think it's true in sports, but it's true in business. Exactly what you said. So another thing that you said that's really resonated is your advice to focus on the process not the results i have this in common with you i've been taught uh, you know when i was young that it's it's better to focus on the journey rather than the destination and if you make your journey great and you learn and learn relearn practice hard you're gonna have more than one destination and bright destination um how has that mentality works for you in your training that's that is, I think, the what led to my success. Um, I'm going to close the window real quick because I keep hearing uh, the lawnmower outside, and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead, no worry. So for me, I think when you learn to be process focused and yeah. and enjoy the journey, and then 
part of that journaling that helps keep you process focused. Yeah. Because if you focus on getting like 1% better that day, it's yeah. not um, like, for instance, my goal is to jump over eight meters, like 26 feet. I can't write jump over eight meters today. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to say, okay, um, maybe my shins, like better shin control when I'm sprinting, um, putting my prosthetic underneath me when I take off. So those little things, that's what leads to the eight meter jumps. Ah, yeah. But the I learned the process of orientation of getting mm-hmm. like 1% better every day in 2016. And I was struggling at that time. And I remember a mentor of mine, he had told me, uh, like, you have to learn to be like process focused and process oriented. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it, but then I started like going on a deep dive, reading all these books and listen to all these YouTube videos and stuff. And I realized, you know what? It's the little small things consistently each and every day that you're putting into like your bucket that yeah. actually gets you to the top of the mountain. And so then I, I became obsessed with it and I, I started realizing, you know, it's like sleep, it's the diet. And then it's specific like training, like being very focused and intentional. And that's when it lead me to my dreams and goals. And and I saw it happen really, really quickly for me in 2016. Like right before Rio, I, I had like this mm-hmm. growth spurt because my mind shifted. And and so for me, I that has led to my success and I try to stay there. But it's always a temptation to because the world always looks at results and outcomes. So it's you got to kind of battle that and be very focused and almost uh, be be willing to listen to people, but also defend and shield yourself from uh, maybe what their thoughts are and stuff, you know? Fabulous, fabulous. So mastering um, um, that small things, as you said, you include in the buckets, right? To help you to get the big jump and that obsession. It's amazing. But you are a man of uh, many facets and talents, right? A transcendent. And not only you are a champion athlete, but you are also a model. And you've appeared on the runway with ads like Yoga Boss, Tommy Hilfinger, and others, Nike, of course, and many more. And I've heard you say before, when you own your differences and embrace your differences, your uniqueness probably, that helps others do the same. This is beautifully said, and that's exactly what's, what you are doing, not only in your career as an athlete, but in your modeling too. So are you enjoying modeling? How, how is it uh, for you to be a model? Yes, I'm enjoying it. It is, it is fun, and it is actually <laughs> challenging. And when I first yeah. got into modeling, I didn't think it would be that tough, but it is. And uh, having to like hit certain poses. Yeah for a long period of time and eventually you get tired it starts to show in your face and so i didn't realize this yeah um but it's true so i was like okay it it is challenging and you got to stay focused and then my first runway it was like my adrenaline was rushing like i was going to go compete i was like (laughs) this is like there's like this isn't i it was weird to me because i'm like i'm just walking you know um but it's it is a performance too and I mean, it's been really, really fun. And I've got to meet a lot of people because it, it opened up doors. And for me, I, I saw modeling as an opportunity to build my brand, but also yeah. a a new arena 
to inspire other people um, like yeah. indirectly or, or subconsciously because when I if if I show them my confidence in owning myself with an obvious disability, what I have seen in my experience in life is that uh, people usually gravitate towards that and they say, this guy has an obvious disability that stands yeah. out, but he's confident in himself. So why am I not confident in maybe some of the stuff that I have in my mind or, or some yeah. of the struggles I have? And so I knew that that could be a really cool place to help yeah. more people and positively impact the world. Fabulous. You are, I mean, the definition of a role model, right? That it's right. Uh, If I can do it, others can do it. I'm also interested to hear about your entrepreneurial side. You are very involved at the moment with the technology of prosthesis. And you said before that you may want to, to get into the business yourself. So we may actually share some, you know, our notes and and uh, compare things. This is fantastic. Can you tell us more about your entrepreneurial, you know, chapter? Yes, I would love to do that in the future. I think that'd be very exciting and, and very cool. So for me, I think the entrepreneurship side, it kind of started because my mom had told me in the past, I remember as I was growing up, after the World Trade Center went down, my dad was yeah. released from his job and, and we struggled. And my mom said, Trenton, when you, after you graduate from college and stuff, like don't, don't work for anybody, like be your own boss because then <laughs> you, you won't have to do this, but you'll have other challenges, but you know, you won't be fired from, from somebody else per se. And so I, I took that to heart and, um, I didn't know how I would become an entrepreneur, but I think that stuck with me and I, I just like solving problems. And so fortunately for me, I had a lot of problems having a prosthetic. And so I saw a lot of areas to grow. And yeah. I have worked with a lot of amazing prosthetists, yeah. uh, helped, helped me throughout the years from early stages to my pre professional career. And I've noticed the same common themes of what could improve. And then I've also seen and helped with the development, of the R&D with prosthetic walking feet long jump blades and sprinting blades. And so for mm -hmm. me, I wanted to continue to help the development of better prosthetics and then also how the prosthetics attach and fit to amputees because that is an area that I believe has the most improvement to grow yeah. and is the most archaic, the most like uh, really? has, hasn't changed. Yes. And so I... I think that uh, if if I don't do it, somebody else is going to. But I would love to be to partner with somebody and help solve that yeah. problem. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I, I I love helping people and I like solving problems. And and this is yeah. an area that I get to even benefit and trial and use um, more than potentially other people. So I I'm excited to do that in the future and see where that takes yeah. me. And, yeah. I love it. I love it. I saw you in TikTok, right? Way in your Oh, yeah. the three pound right i love yeah. that one as well uh, and you know we it's interesting i think you need the uh, it, it's multi disciplinary probably you know collaboration you may need i also you are also a public speaker Jensen, and you work with the kids who have prosthetic limbs and and i saw some pictures of you at an event with kids which was also really moving to be honest, because you could see how much they looked up at you, right? To you, it must be really important for you to give back like that, right? Yes, 
when I, yeah, it's very important. When I first got introduced to the Paralympics, or sorry, let me back up. When I first got my foot amputated, I had all these insecurities on mind. And I remember the doctor coming in and I asked him all these questions. I, I said, hey, can I still run? Can I still play soccer? Can I still ride motorcycles? And can I like, you know, ask him all these things about sports? And he said, I don't know, Trent. And so for me at 14, I'm like, this is all like I dreamed of. This is my identity, sports. Yeah. And now you're telling me it's uncertain. So then uh, a few weeks went by and this Marine came in and he was an amputee and he's this big buff dude. And I remember he came in with a, a nice looking lady as well. And I, yeah. I asked him all these questions. I said, Hey, like, can you play, can you run? Can you ride motorcycles? And do you still date girls? <laughs> you know, of and, course. <laughs> he was like uh, very pragmatic transit <laughs> I was 14 I was in, I was in high school you know of course and uh, he said yeah he said he re-enlisted as a marine he runs on the beach every day I was like okay cool and he said that um, he still rides motorcycles and he's like so can you I was like alright nice and he's like and yeah I still date girls and he like looked over uh, to the pretty girl next to him he said this is my girlfriend right here and I was like Oh, nice. Because I thought that was his sister or something. I had no clue he was bringing a girlfriend with him. And I, so I was thinking, all right, great. This guy just instilled hope in me. You know, it took yeah. one, one person to just say, you can. And be an example for that. So for me, when I when I saw that and I experienced it, I I knew right away that I could do the same for other people once I had the platform for that. And so... I I became determined, and um, once I, I reached the level of the Paralympic Games after Rio, I was like, all right, we got to start giving back now. Mm-hmm. And so I started like connecting with Challenge Athletes Foundation, and that was the group that I first found out yeah. about. Paralympics. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I first found out about Paralympics, I met two Paralympians there that day, and they put me through a running workout, and they asked me, have you ever thought about trying out for the Paralympics? I told them, I don't know what that is. To me, and then a month later, I was invited down here, and so now, you know, the roles are reversed. I'm that Paralympian helping inspire other other athletes, and so it's it's very important to me to give back because um, I was introduced to Paralympics through a running clinic. Um, I I want to do like a nonprofit as well where I could help athletes that want to learn track and field specifically in running and prosthetics. Like I I think that'd be amazing. I would love to do more of that. And so um, that's a special place in my heart that I, I kind of helps me stay motivated too to like succeed. Yeah. Well, brilliant. I think, um, thank you for the human being you are. I think you have, uh, not only you are a strong athlete, but you have a beautiful soul. And I'm sure all these kids, and I've seen it with my eyes looking up at you, it, it, it means a lot to them, right? So, to, to, dr- to dream big, right? And even if the dreams are, are are scary right because they are so big but you showed that at 14 you could do that so what what's next for you what's your next ambition or challenge uh, are you coming to paris uh, this summer uh, by any chance yeah, <laughs> you know you know i'm gonna get out there and fight at nationals because i want to be there <laughs> yeah. i want to be there so first stop is our u.s paralympic nationals it's may 18th through the 21st which may 18th is my birthday so ah. really excited i get to yeah. compete on my birthday 
Um, So that's the first check is Nationals make the team. Um, Then, yes, Paris World Championships. Uh, I want to be up there fighting on the podium. That's what I want to do. Fighting for Solve and uh, (laughs) fighting for all my fans and my family. You know, and I would be there. I would be in the crowd. Believe me, Transen. I would go. be in Paris cheering you. So, what do you most enjoy doing when you are not training? And that's a great question. I I like cooking. Oh. I like barbecuing. Um, oh. I I enjoy barbecuing. Um, I enjoy hanging out with my friends, and so uh, learning new recipes is a is a fun challenge as well. Okay. Um, learning how to make um, really good food, like healthy food taste yeah. good as well yeah which i yeah. think is a good challenge and so i i like the challenge of that i enjoy working on my car too uh, yeah. like i have a forerunner and i i like to go off-roading so sometimes I'll, I'll get new parts and then my friends and i will tear down the forerunner and build it back up and so i enjoy working with my hands and then also on the other side just resting like maybe going to the beach and surfing playing volleyball but just resting because for the most part, yeah. I'm I'm working out. I'm always on my feet, so I really enjoy um, like quality time of like rest and laughing with with people and connecting with people. Beautiful. So before we close, and I can go on, you know, for 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 hours with you. I would like to um, talk about a team which is very important to Solve and very close to my heart, as I'm also you know products of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, and I know DE&I is at the forefront for businesses or corporations. And I was wondering if you think the world of sport has made a lot of progress, Jensen, in that area, or is there still a long way to go? And what could business learn from your experience? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that there's still a long way to go, um, but I have seen that there's been am- like amazing things that sport does. And, you know, my first games in Rio, I had experienced... Um, every nation around the world in one village mm-hmm. and there wasn't strife there wasn't conflict and I noticed I, I noticed this I was very present and I was I was paying attention to my surrounding I said you know what this is so beautiful and and so I got to see how sport really tore down barriers and walls of race religion different backgrounds you know all these other things and and I believe it's because people had the same common goal of performing to the best of their abilities in their sport and they had a mutual respect and understanding for each other everybody there at the Paralympic Games had some type of challenge or struggle in their life being disabled and I think there's a mutual respect when you when you understand that and have this perspective and so for me I I have seen that there's been a lot of positive for sport (laughs) Um, but there is a lot of uh, room to improve, no doubt, uh, especially in, in the U.S. and Paralympics. Um, people still don't know what Paralympics mm-hmm. is, whereas yeah. maybe maybe in um, in like France and in the U.K., yeah. maybe they're a little yeah. bit more of like they understand mm-hmm. and they, they know the athletes. And so mm-hmm. I would love to help push for more of this positive change um, because I, I really appreciate how other countries um, – see them as, you know, equal playing fields and they'll compete in the same competitions like for national meets um, or Grand Prix meets. So uh, there's a lot of room to improve, especially in my country. And um, I would love to help with that positive change. Absolutely. And you are a real 
change agents and role models. So, well, thank you. Thank you, Tretton, for joining me today. I think uh, your enthusiasm is contagious, simply. You have inspired me. I'm sure you've inspired all our Solvi colleagues and beyond. And you are a man of many ends, A&D, right? I mean, it's just amazing. Beautiful soul, a lot of wisdom for a young man. And uh, we'll be there cheering you on the victory in all your next endeavor. And I know there are great things ahead of you and the best is yet to come. So thank you yeah. very much, Vincent. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. And the next one I'm hoping is in person so we can share. Absolutely. Nice Absolutely. We will celebrate together. Thank you so much for joining us today. For more information or to listen to other episodes, visit our website. And if you like these podcasts, don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, be safe.